never give up on what you really want to achieve. Because every there's some of the greatest athletes and some of the greatest minds of about the 21st century had a really bad school life. So it doesn't. It's not the be all and end all. Zane has never felt like he fits in, but that hasn't stopped him striving to live the fulfilled life he believes he can have. I one day want to have a profile that's large enough in this country that I can speak publicly about autism. Zane's made big strides to carve out a place in the world and rather than shy away from people, he's become a small business owner running a pub to challenge himself and grow. Despite all his hardships, Zane is highly motivated and focused on achieving his version of success. He's very outspoken about his struggles with autism and mental health in general and wants to inspire others on the spectrum to go after what they want. But there are a couple of people who are very well, who've got Asperger's who are very well known around the world, but they've never really spoke out about it. And it's because it's still a bit of a taboo conversation. Welcome to Young Blood, a podcast all about young men's health. My name's Callum McPherson, I'm a journalist, and this is our mission to talk about the stuff that matters and isn't talked about enough. Let's do it. All right, Zane, what has living with autism meant for you in your life? Oh, geez. Uh, Thank you very much for having me, Callum. Um, To be honest, mate, it's been very challenging at certain times in my life. Um, When I first had it at a young age, uh, it wasn't really not many people knew about it. Um, actually at the time when I was in kindergarten and I was throwing people, I was throwing sand at people all the time and getting people's eyes and laughing about it. They thought I actually had something wrong with me mentally in my brain. They thought I was like satanic or something. Um, and that's when mum and dad knew that there was something different about me because I was doing things that were a bit unusual compared to the other kids in the playgrounds. And, um, I got into severe trouble a few times. Um, then I went to PAC and uh, they actually wanted me to take these drugs. You know, I've got nothing against PAC, but um, the former um, the former principal there, um, anyone who was slightly different was asked to take certain drugs. Um, I won't name what they are because they are pretty crazy. But uh, one of them he wanted me to take because he thought my behavior was so different to everyone else would have actually affected my brain stability and brain control when I get older. Um, because one person who actually did took those drugs is now not, doesn't, can't um, function properly brain-wise. Um, so I didn't want to take that risk. So I got expelled from um, PAC in year two. And then I went on to Linden Park. And at that time, no one knew about autism. It wasn't a known thing. And um, I was one of the first people, especially in the public school industry, <coughs> at the time to explain about what autism was and I got um, a couple of speakers to go in and explain it. But yeah, man, school was tough. Um, I was a good sportsman, but it was very difficult to play sport on a daily basis. It was very difficult to handle life on a daily basis because I actually didn't know who my real friends were or who were, um, if they were just being because I was a good at sport or if I was, um, if they were trying to use me as a because my family name is quite well known in Adelaide as well. So some people have used my family name as well to hang out with me over the years. Can you just explain for people who don't know, just put into words uh, what your form of autism is and, and what that actually means? Okay, so there's three spectrums, three levels of the spectrum. I'm on level two. Uh, level one means basically you have a normal daily life, but you might have some different types of things. Uh, level two, which is which is me, I still I struggle with certain things on a social daily basis, but I've done years and years of therapy to learn how to communicate. 
Uh, level three uh, is actually very, very severe. Um, a couple of people I know, they actually have never been to high school because they physically cannot handle being in a social situation with a certain amount of people. Um, actually, it was lovely. Actually, one of the gentlemen who I know who has autism actually came to the hotel about two months ago and I hadn't seen him in freaking since year two. Um, name's James, that's all I'll say. And uh, he was... Um, you know, it's just the amount of training and stuff because he couldn't couldn't talk properly in those days. And uh, now he can, you know, be a normal person. But it took him 10, 12 years of full-on training and homeschooling and teaching him how to speak in a social situation. So it's something people need to realize. It's not that easy. Um, it affects a lot of things. It affects your relationships with girls, with guys, whoever, whatever your preference is. Um, and your parents as well, because it comes very, 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 very severe on them. They spent thousands and thousands of dollars on, on uh, all types of therapy in those days, and there was no, there's no benefits in those days. It was fully out of your pocket. I think most sessions cost about two thousand a session. So, just describe what it's like for you in social situations these days. Uh, to be honest, man, I still have days where I struggle with it. Um, I. Um, there's ways I look at it now. Um, I think when I was at school, I was quite a small guy as well. Um, so, um, I grew a lot, um, at a young, um, when I left school, just after I left school. So when I was at school, I was just under six foot, um, which is small compared to now. I'm about six, five now. And, uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard to talk about sometimes, but I'm not going to lie, but it's um i just man i was bullied for 12 years of my life that's the, pretty much the the reality um there's a lot of people from school who've reached out to me since those days and have apologized um yeah they've apologized but they've never really came and spoke to me personally they've spoke they've apologized over social media so to be honest when you apologize over social media that's not good enough in my opinion what impact did, did that bullying have on you and what did that look like uh what did that impact on me it made me realize that I'm probably going to have an issue with certain people for the rest of my days. Um, I wanted to prove everyone wrong. Uh, everyone believed that I thought I was going to not finish school. I did. Don't get me wrong. I didn't get the greatest of grades, but year 12 was extremely difficult. Um, learning learning wise what's what's the challenge with having autism for things like school and oh jeez man. Uh trying to concentrate every daily basis when you know you're going to get bullied every day. It's pretty difficult. Um, if I had the same knowledge I had about autism now when I was that age, I probably would have gone about things a lot differently. But, man, some days I used to come home, like, besides myself, I almost committed suicide three times during year 10 and year 11 and 12. So um, it got pretty hectic. <laughs> Um, and I used to tell, you know, the people, the staff at Pembroke all the time, but most of the time I had no idea because I still hadn't, it was still very new. This is 10, 11 years ago now. Now it's a different story. It's all, there's all different programs and everything like that. And one of my goals one day is with autism is to, um, be an ambassador for them and, uh, um, hopefully one day use my profile when I'm large enough to help them out. And so what got you through that extremely difficult time in high school? belief that I know I could do it, uh, playing sport every day <laughs> definitely helped, playing cricket and football all the time. Um, I will. Uh, some people won't agree with me, but I know my belief and I know my abilities in sport. Um, 
if I didn't have the grievances I had throughout school every day, I believe I would have been a lot better sportsman. I think I would have played if I did play some different higher honours, but I would have played even higher honours in my opinion. Um, I know how good I was at certain sports, but I just couldn't concentrate. How do you feel in yourself now compared to 10 years ago? Jeez. Uh, <laughs> um, I have days, man, where um, I still struggle. Um, a lot of people still don't understand what it's like. Um that's another reason why, you know, a lot of people ask me why, why did they get into the gym? Because I wanted to be in control of certain things that no one else could be in control of by, by myself. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and, you know, when people see me after 10 years, they're just like, mm, yeah, I, look nothing, I look nothing like I do when I did 10 years ago. And do you like the routine of that, the discipline of having to do it every day? Yeah, I do. Um, oh, 100%. I've had some major setbacks with my training as well. Uh, I could go through heaps of things. Like I said, I've had about, like I said to you on the way in here, um, I've had about 30 to 40 injuries with sport and training over the years. So my body's taken absolute battering. Uh, but that's what I used to do. I used to push myself to hell um, because I didn't want to think about what was going on in my personal life. And so how does your, your physicality and, and working on your body and giving yourself that space mm. to exercise and, and build all that, you know, how central is that to, to your life and, and feeling calm? And Well, uh, for the last few years, it's actually been quite tough actually to train because my body's just breaking broken down so many times. Um, I've got some pretty bad back injuries and uh, I've got a bad shoulder. One of my left shoulders is completely, it goes in and out all the time. Um, I see a very good therapist. Shout out to Katie Williams. She's fantastic. Uh, she's actually the former sports therapist of the 36ers. So yeah, I've got someone really good there helping me out with that. Um, and I'm about to start seeing another sports chiropractor because uh, it's just getting to the point that I have to manage it every day. So, what does training mean to you, though, in your mind mind state? Mind state. Uh, it keeps me from not wanting to do silly things. Um, there's some days, man, that I'm just like I just want to give up, and then there are days that I'm like, you know, why would you ever give give up after all this time? Um, I know a lot of people will never understand me, but the goal is one day everyone respects me. How do you approach your life now? How do I approach it? Um, in what way are you talking about there, Matt? Like when you wake up in the morning, what what motivates you? What drives you? What do you want to get out of the day? Uh, my goal is to be a better person by the end of the day, um, create um, a better atmosphere for myself, um, keep creating my own legacy as a person, um, build my business, and uh, also just focus on trying to improve as a person as much as I can. Um, there are going to be days where you don't do as best as you can. Um, and that's the key for me is to try not to get too down on myself because I'm a very passionate person. Um, I take things to heart quite a lot. Um, so if I have a bad day at work, it will take me a few hours when I get home uh, to get over it. So uh, that's something I'm working on, trying to um, not take my stress from work, having businesses. At, um, and that's why some people are owners and some people are employees because the certain stresses are extremely extreme and some people can handle it, some people can't. But So just talk a little bit about that, about your, your business running the pub. Why did you get into that? I mean, you put yourself in a very social setting. Mm. Um, did you do that on purpose? Well, it's all started really like um, I've done a few things now. Um, I'm 28 now, so I've been 
I did a bit of a supplement thing with a mate for a while. That was pretty cool with a bunch of our friends, and that was to pick up girls. That's to be brutally honest. Um, it was a lot of fun at the time. Um, we were young and dumb and stupid. Um, then I went into the same time I was doing my year degree, um, and I was doing many communications, hard one and a half years into it. And then um, my old man, who's a well-known entrepreneur around Adelaide, he um, came up with this idea of like using one of his combis um, for a mobile cafe. And we came up, we sat down one day and uh, came up with this plan. And that's where the combis was born. And that was four and a half to five years of my life. And it created, uh, it became a bit of an institution in Rundle Mall. Uh, basically, that paid for me to buy the hotel, um, and it provided me a very good life. For and that's and like a, a like a, a drinks truck or a food it's a mobile truck cafe. Yeah. Um, we were doing three to four hundred sandwiches and three to four hundred coffees a day. A lot of sandwiches. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> now there were seven staff as well, so it was a quite a quite a bit of an operation. Um, yeah, open from seven o'clock in the morning till eight o'clock at night most days. Uh, Sundays were nine till five from memory. So were you? passionate about that i just love business man i've always wanted to be very successful um i'm a firm believer that if no matter what you want to do in life if you put a hundred percent in maybe one day you'll fail you might fail for the next 10 years but the day you actually succeed is the day that you know will change your life and i haven't succeeded yet but i've got some severe big goals for myself um for my businesses and you know if uh how can i put it this way so being seeing the failures of businesses and the in down the up and downs of businesses already at 28 years old so i've been in business now for five six years or seven years sorry uh, i've seen the the stresses it comes with it but i love it because i wouldn't want to work for anyone else there's no way after you're working for yourself there's just you don't want to work for anyone else because you're working to their dreams not your own so tell me about the the pressure of running a business. Explain it. Okay, um, which are you talking about in, in um, you talk about the pub or just yeah. talking about businesses? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean the pub for you. What kind of stress does it bring? To well, life? Um, like I said, I'm not trying to make this about me. Well, I mean, it is about me, but um, you know, I make this more about. But my family is very well known in the pub industry. Um, my old man is Anthony Schmidt. Um, Anyone knows, uh, anyone was around in the 80s and 90s would know exactly who he is. Um, he developed Cooper's Pale Ale with Maxwell Cooper. Yes, that's correct, Cooper's Pale Ale. Um, he, took, he brought Cooper's to Sydney and Melbourne. Um, he did things that people would dream about. Um, you know, you see the things now, you see in hotels and pubs. Dad did those 30 years ago. Um, the new Whitmore, for example, I walk in there and it looks exactly like what it was 30 years ago, you know. So do you have a, like a chip that. on your shoulder about that? Not at all, man. Um, I, I've, got a, I've got a legacy to live up to, yes, but I've also got my own legacy to build too. So I've actually done it the old way like he did when he got his first hotel. It was, he didn't, didn't take a loan out, nothing. It was all his own money. Same with me. I've, I've put every cent I've got into this place besides one account, but that's for uh, old Zane. <laughs> so. And how does uh, having autism affect your ability to, to do business and make it? Uh, you have days, man, where sometimes you're like, I don't want to deal with the certain customer, especially when you get an annoyed customer. But I've got a wonderful um, manager. Shout out to Simon Schumann. He's fantastic. Um He's actually, uh, his parents got married in my one of my parents' first hotels in 1983, uh, the Rising Sun. 
on Kensington Road there. Um, they got married in there, so I've known him my whole life. Um, and he's done a did a, a apprenticeship with uh, Penfolds, Penfolds Winer, and he was the function and wine uh, manager there for a while. So he's come on board um, to help me a little bit as well and take a little bit of the stress off me, which is lovely. Um, don't get me wrong, man. The pub industry is very difficult these days. Um, like I said, I've got a little bit more down the road from me. I've got... Uh, the King's Head, which is a fantastic pub. They're all great pubs, and they're all great in their own way. Uh, the the Elephant Castle, and you've got the Gilbert Street Hotel. They're about a f- the five in the area. Oh, and the Duke of Brunswick, my apologies. And if you look at them, they're all very different in their own way. Did you have people say that you know someone with Asperger's isn't capable of running a pub and having a business like that? Uh, yeah, 100%, mate. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people thought that I would never ever get anywhere, anywhere, full stop. Um, most people thought I'd be on Centrelink, which is pretty funny. People used to tell you that as yep. well? 100%, man. Tell me about that and how that made you feel. and <laughs> Just maybe more hungry to, to do better. Um, and that's probably why me and my father, me and my father, we do clash a fair bit um, when it comes to when we think about businesses and how they should be run. Because um, he, you know... He's done things very differently to a lot of different people, but then I'm trying to build my own legacy. So I'm trying to people not to think that I'm just Anthony Schmidt's son. I am Zane Schmidt. I am my own person. I'm trying to build a different legacy to what I know, what I think will work. Um, and the thing I'm learning, and I'm, I'm only 18 months into, the, into owning, owning a pub, is that uh, the game's changed a lot. Do you think there's a belief out there that people with a condition like yours can't go and do these sorts of things? Absolutely. Because it's is. a big undertaking running a business like that. That's not easy to do. No, it's uh, it's definitely very stressful. It's one of the reasons why I'm still single, man. Um, that's brutally honest. I just don't have time at the moment to have a female in my life who actually can understand my situation. Uh, working 80, 90 hours a week, I kind of keep fit and healthy. Also, taking care of the staff, keeping them happy. It's a it's a twenty four hour pretty much thing. all the hours. <laughs> exactly, man. It's uh, it takes up a lot of your time, um, you know. And I've um, I made it very clear to myself, and I made it. I said to myself, the next three or four years, is that I um, I'll just dedicate everything I can to my businesses and staying in healthy and shape because I've got plenty of time for other stuff like that. And so what do you define as success? <sighs> uh, three things. One, happiness. Two, being financially um, well, well off, meaning that you basically have financial security. You can do a lot of things. So, for example, if you, when you're successful, you can like tomorrow, you can be like, oh, I can go tomorrow, I can go overseas tomorrow, or I can go buy a house that I want to buy tomorrow. That's, top, that's to me, is financially successful. Uh, other successes, um, the three things that I look at that, to me is, like I said, happiness, finance, and then also a balanced life. You have those three things, everything else falls into place. From If you read about Dwayne Johnson, some of the greats, you know, um, yeah, you, know, you hear about, he says that, you know, about balanced life, you, but you still got to work your ass off though to get that balanced life. So, you know. You must feel like you're not quite in balance at the moment, though. You're working pretty hard on the financial <laughs> side of things. And- Absolutely, man. Well, I'm 28 years old. Um, I'm at the age where I can do it. I'd rather work as hard as I humanly can at this age and get as far as I can 
um, before, you know, I've got other, I had a goal when I was 18 to be a millionaire by 30 years old. Now that's not going to happen. So that also. Hey, don't say that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, man. Like, uh, if I can, all right, mate, if, if that happened, man, uh, you never know. Uh, like I said, it could happen. You are right. But um, I've worked out, you know, the way the economy works and how things are going this day and age. Are you proud of yourself so far? Proud? No, because I haven't achieved what I want to achieve yet. But you must have achieved a lot along the way. You've got to recognize that too, not just the, the yeah. end goal. Thank you. What about coming from where you were mentally when you were in high school to where you are now? Oh, mentally, yeah, I'm a wholly different person. Um, you can actually hold a conversation with me. Uh, Ten years ago, you couldn't. I was a, a, a train wreck, really. I was a nervous wreck. Um, you know, I, I, I'm happy to be honest with you. Until about 16, 17, I couldn't even talk to a female, full stop. Uh, a gentleman who's a f dear friend of mine who we, we fight like cats and dogs because we're like, it's weird we're like two red blood brothers me and um he's will giles as you know you know will he's a good friend of mine um he's a seriously a busy man these days so we just talk when we can and we catch up for lunch when we can because we're both extremely busy people and i gotta give a lot of shout out to him and uh jamie skippen as well who now lives in melbourne he um those both two boys helped me a lot to build my social awareness and how to communicate without outside of the bearings of school and football games and things like that and also talking to females so got to give a lot to them and also the, the hundreds of hours of therapy as well so they are the three things i would say that definitely helped me a lot so what would you say to your younger self who was you know in that dark place all those years ago <sighs> mm. never give up on what you really want to achieve because there's some of the greatest athletes and some of the greatest minds of the 21st century had a really bad school life. So it doesn't, it's not the be all and end all. Um, you know, if I one day, hopefully I have a, a young a young one one day and I will say to him, if he doesn't want to go to university, that doesn't bother me anymore because you look at the statistics, most people going to university actually don't even get into the degrees they want. Well, they get the degrees, but they don't get into the job they want. I've got plenty of friends who wanted to be lawyers, but they had to change because there's just not enough, not enough, not, there's not enough uh, spots for being lawyers anymore. So, if you have, if you have, if you have any dream or any goal, write it down, but never give up on it. You can maybe think about it in five years' time. You could do it now, but those dreams you've got, you still got plenty of time to do them. Is that what keeps you going when you have these days that you're talking about that are really tough? Are you able to conjure that? thought back into your mind and, and that allows you to, to calm down and stay focused yeah man 100 percent. um a lot of people wouldn't uh wouldn't, unless they've walked my shoes will never understand what it's like to live with autism and asperger's syndrome because uh, basically i'll give you a little bit of a rundown about it asperger's syndrome basically there's a neutron in our brain that um sends a signal that we're not born with so I think of some, I think of about three four hundred things at the same time, every day and at all times, but I only think of about one or two that I'm going to say, and I'll say them without thinking. Right. <laughs> so that's got me in some serious problems over the years. Um, also, as well, we're born. It's uh, very hard for us to sleep too. Sleeping is uh, very difficult. So just give us a, a little bit of an example of some of those problems that you had from that sleeping wise, or no, no from uh, saying things. At random. Okay. Uh, telling, telling a woman that she was fat. 
I mean, I shouldn't have. Uh, telling a bloke. No one should ever do that. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. And she wasn't. That's the thing as well. It's even worse. Um, I've told people, to, I've told some very high level people in Adelaide to get fucked in certain meetings. <laughs> I'm being honest here, man. Uh, and I've told my mates, uh, basically, you know, that they've just certain things that I shouldn't have said. Um, but, and at the time, did you feel like you didn't actually mean to say that? Like that those are thoughts that you think, like you don't mean to say and then come out? 100%. Right. Um, like sometimes I'm not, I'm, these days I have control my behavior a lot better, but when I was younger, it was a lot more difficult. So it's like involuntary? Yeah. 100%. Right. Okay. So I think people can, describing it that way, people can try to understand what that might be like. Cause I mean, how often do we think something where we, we say, well, I wouldn't say that. No. But exactly. then you just do. So, Correct. but through your therapy, you've been able to control that more. Yeah. hundred percent, man. It's um, like I said, like, you know, in those days when it was costing my parents 2000 an hour. So you have three or four sessions a week, it adds a lot. Right. <laughs> so okay. my parents spent a fortune on me in my school and my life, so I can't thank them enough. Okay. Um, and they busted their butts to, to, um, to keep me um, above, you know, without, without doing anything silly. Um, I've got to thank a lot. I've got to thank enough for those two as well, especially my mum. My mum's amazing, um, most incredible woman I've ever met in my life. It's I think that's another reason why I'm still single as well, because trying to find someone that's half as good as my mom as a person, not just the way she's one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen as well. What's she always said to you? She's always said to me that you've just got to follow your dreams, but also you've got to be the person you want to be. And that could change over the years. Uh, one thing I've always been, you know, I'm a big giant teddy bear, <laughs> meaning that I wouldn't hardly fly. And you are a big guy too. You are like massive when you stand up. How tall are you? Six five. Yeah. Far out. Okay. It's <laughs> a big big teddy bear. Yeah, no, um, I am a giant teddy bear and I'm very <laughs> <laughs> Um, I wouldn't hurt anyone, but I've done a bit of security in my time, so uh, I've had to but um I've had to wrestle a few people out of clubs, but uh um no, nah, I've I it takes a lot to get me really angry. When I'm really angry it's quite a scary sight, so I'm very, very. You wouldn't like him when he's angry. <laughs> no, it's not good. Um, and especially when I used to bodybuild properly when I was in my early twenties, because that got me so much. That got completely off my mind what I was going on in my personal life. I used to take it so seriously to the point that I was um, eating eight, nine meals a day. I was training once, twice a day. I would time every meal. I took freaking, I couldn't believe I did this, but I did it. I took to my best mate's wedding a bowl of rice and chicken and ate out of the reception. <laughs> you can ask him too. <laughs> Manny Mission, love you, buddy. Uh, one of the top um, uh, uh, pediatricians in Adelaide. Um, he's also been recognized by Adelaide Uni and actually does a lot of stuff for uni which is pretty cool but yeah no i was uh, i did his one of his uh, best man winning speeches and yeah i was eating 500 grams of rice and 250 grams of chicken at the reception did you realize that you'd taken it a bit too far yeah, around that, that was the that was the time yep 100 percent. and then i was sitting around at my biggest i was 130 that's a big boy yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> it was pretty nuts I, there's a photo of me on my facebook where i actually physically couldn't get through the door sideways <laughs> it was pretty nuts uh my ex-girlfriend at the time george wilhelm 
who's now a uh, marketing person um, in Canada. So good luck to her. I hope she's doing well. Uh, she took the photo and it's still apparently <laughs> one of the cool, one of the most scariest photos she's ever seen. So, and I had a full on Wolverine beard at the time as well. So it was, yeah, pretty intense. When I look at that photo now, I'm sitting around 118, 119 now. So it's about 10 kilos of pure size. It's a lot. <laughs> it's still, I would say 120 is still pretty up there, right? <laughs> yeah. And no, I, I, like I said, man, I'm very, very um, critical of myself. Mm. So what do you like? Do you like being this big? Do you feel like that <laughs> gives you, you some sort of more of an identity or <laughs> what is it? Man, like I said, when I was 130, man, I, I felt invincible in a way. Mm. Um, whenever I walked anywhere, I just, I was one of the largest people around. And uh, that gave me a lot of confidence when I walked anywhere. So I went up to any girl and felt really comfortable. Probably shouldn't have some of them, actually. Um, I just didn't care. And there were guys who would get in my way and I'd shove them out of the way. Did you like being like that, though? No, not at all. I turned into a very arrogant young man, extremely. When you're that size, dude, like everyone looks like a little kid next to you. And that's been honest. But did you feel like a bit of a prick acting oh, absolutely, like Absolutely, man. I came I came a bully like I was to people who used to bully me. Yeah. So part of that was wanting to get get it back because you, you've been treated poorly. So. 100%. And, uh, but that's often the case, isn't it, when someone's yeah, been treated badly and they do it. But oh, you yeah. want to be stronger than that. And not- absolutely. I've, um, I have to admit it. Like I said, I would be completely honest on this podcast. I've definitely treated some women the wrong way. Uh, and treated some mates the wrong way, especially I've backstabbed some mates because I thought I was just too good for them and too good for myself. Um, yeah, I was in a dark place mentally and I used to just train and train and train and train and take as much gas as humanly possibly can. I'm not going to lie, I've taken gas. No one would believe me that I haven't. <laughs> just explain what that is for people who don't know the um, term. Do you, am I allowed to? Yeah. Okay. Uh, gas is, a, is steroids, guys. Um, so steroids is basically helps um, improve muscle and improve recovery. At my largest, I was trained by Mr. Australia, Chris Jarvis, and I was on about 10 mils of gas a week. And so what did that do for you mentally, especially having you know your condition? Oh, mate, I was all over the joint. I was angry. I, if I didn't get my meals in, I was just the wrong person to be around. I just, I started, I, I didn't go out and didn't see people. I'd rather sit in bed and eat my meals and I became too obsessive. What did you notice about your thought patterns and, and how that affected your autism when you were on steroids? Um, it's made me, it made me a person that it looked like I was going great by Facebook, Instagram, the way I looked. So I got a shitload of attention. So that kept me going. But at the time, every day was a struggle because I knew that it wasn't the real me, the way I was feeling. And I would go to the gym sometimes and when some people used to annoy me, I would just kick off. And um, not proud some of the things I've done over the years, but can't change that um now i'm a lot smarter with my training i train 45 minutes to an hour now i used to train two hours a night sometimes two hours in the morning as well depends on how i felt and um i just do it because i enjoy it don't get me wrong man i would love to take it further again and train i would love to get up to the level i wanted to when i was younger uh but i've got to focus on this business at the moment and get that right first
But uh, I've got two goals that I really want. I want to become the most successful as I can as a businessman, as an entrepreneur and as a person. But I also would love to get back into modeling. When I was younger, I used to do the fitness modeling as well. So I'd love You're going to need do. a lot of time to fit all this stuff in, man. You're not yes. going to be able to do 80 hours a week at the pub and do no, all that. No, and that's why I, the goal is uh, I can be able to be there. So I'm delega- just started delegating, actually. Um, just recently, I've just stepped back a little bit and given a few more responsibilities to my manager. Would people say that that's, that's too ambitious for someone with your condition to go and do all those things? Watch me. I might be young, I'm 28, but some people say life starts at 30. I'm only 28 years old. So what would you say to other people uh, on the spectrum at the same level as you who perhaps are younger and perhaps are having some of those thoughts and feelings that you had? Yep. Um, if they ever need advice, I'm happy to tell you what it's like to live with it. Um, and just follow what your dreams, follow your goals. Uh, anyone can do it. Your autism shouldn't stop you. Uh, don't get me wrong, you're going to get bullied. You're going to get hurt. You're going to get girls treat like shit. And you're going to probably do it in the back if, you know, because it's just human nature, unfortunately. And it's so important that we think about, you know, how we teach kids in, uh, with mental issues um, the right way. Uh, not to tell them to hide it away. It should be talked about openly and honestly. Because if it was more at my school when I was that age, I would have been a lot more easier to be around. How did people treat you and how have they treated you throughout your life generally? Jeez. <sighs> Life's been difficult sometimes, man. I'm not going to lie. Um, There's been times, like I said, up during school and during my early 20s that I sort of a committing suicide. I've, trust me, I've had times in the last couple of years. I've thought about it too. But um, I'm one of the most mentally strong people you'll ever make. It takes a lot to break me. What sort of stuff do people say when they're bullying you or, you know, being mean to you? Okay, well, I'll give an example. It was my, I was at my high school union recently, and you saw that post. I think the whole of Adelaide saw that post. And uh, long story short, everyone just ignored me. Um, they didn't want anything to do with me. Because I, I think it's because I looked so different. Everyone I saw there hadn't changed. Like they hadn't physically changed, they hadn't mentally changed, they hadn't socially changed. They didn't want to listen. They were like, oh, you're working at a pub. I'm like, no, mate, I own it. I don't work for people. I work for myself because that's what I want to do. Um, and just like, you know, people were giving a go at me about, you know, certain things and, it's um he was a bit of a dagger in the heart as well um the organizer of the event decided to go with the cumberland hotel when she knew and everyone knew that i owned a hotel and that was a real stab in the back because they easily could have used me but more than enough room it's a beautiful old school hotel it's the third oldest hotel in adelaide so it's it's just a beautiful old school hotel. Isn't like no, no disrespect to the Cumbie. Wonderful, wonderful place. Shout out to Ben Pierce, great mate. He's a great dude and he's done an amazing job with it. What really hurt me with that is that uh, she knew how much that would hurt. And she did it anyway. Uh, and organized it. 
And I've spoken to probably about 50, 60 people from that reunion since that day. And they all said it was horrendous, number one. Number two should have been at my pub because I went to school there. Ben Pierce didn't go to Pembroke. Cumby people never went to Pembroke. I went to Pembroke. And that was a real stab in the back. It made me realize that they hadn't grown up. It made me realize that they did not want to see me succeed. Pembroke people have never wanted to see me succeed. People who went to school with me never wanted me to succeed. There's only a couple of people. Why do you, why do you think that is or why do you feel that, like, that way? Why do you think they have that, that perception of you or, or what makes you say that? Because I'm different. I don't speak the same drum. I don't go out and I didn't, when I was in my, especially when I got really big and large in training, I said no to drinking. I drank, but I drank different times, but I I didn't go out and have binges and eat palmies and things like that and all stuff like that. And people didn't, people just didn't, don't, people don't like different people, Cal. Um, as much as people want to say they do, they don't because I've seen it way too many times that whenever you're slightly different, people run. Do you think that's because it's too challenging to the norm? Yep. 100%. Mentally, it's challenging. You think to yourself, you're like, what, why is it that people don't like me as that, as that person? And I say to them, I say, the most important thing to them is to think like, it's, it's because so many people are used to a certain way of life. When someone's slightly different, they don't know how to handle it. Um, also communication skills this day and age is atrocious compared to what it used to be 20 years ago. Most people sit on their phones. Don't get me wrong. I still, I sit on my phone, but I also all my business stuff goes through my phone. But when I'm in a conversation with someone, my phone is turned around. I went out with a good friend of mine, um, you know, lovely girl, but, um, the other day she's a really good friend of mine and, uh, not a lot of time for her, but she physically cannot put her phone down during a conversation. And I got mates who are like that, um, and they just cannot put their phones down. You feel like you communicate better than some people with, that don't have autism? Sometimes, yeah. Um, also, as well, I've been thrown in the deep end. Dad's taken me to meetings with some pretty scary people <laughs> uh, high up. Um, I've met the CEO of Coke. I've met, I have good friends with um, a lot of the top winemakers in the lead. So I know Trent Burge, Grant Burge, no Wolf Blass, um, Cockatoo Ridge, Torbrick. All the owners, I all personally know people who can spend thousands of dollars to go see for an event. Um, I'm good friends with like Sarah Marquis, who won the uh, Telstra Business of the Year for wines. Um, she's a friend of mine. Most people they go crazy when they see her, but to me, um, yeah, you know, I mean, I've tried to keep this podcast more to myself about myself. But I, I could, if you want me to tell you a little bit about my parents, like I was around people. When I was young, man, I had, I had George Harrison at my house when I was young. When I was, I was playing basketball with him when I was five. There's photos of me and playing basketball with him at five years old. George Harrison, the Beatle himself. Um, then there are times, there there's a, there's a photo at our, one of our, at our, um, in our house. You've got Bernie Uckleston, Alan Willard, Rupert Trafatis, Nigel Stepney, Mel Hemmerling, and one other gentleman. Put this in perspective, Bernie Eccleston's the F1 boss. Mike, Alan Woolard is his two-hand man. 
Rupert Jafaitis was the manager of Mika Hakkinen. The other one was the manager of Michael Schumacher. Mel Hemmerling was the reason, one of the reasons why Adelaide brought the Grand Prix over. And the other one was Peter Ustinov, who's an actor. So having those kinds of people around your family and yourself while you're growing up, mm. what's the impact of that? Do you idolize being like them? <sighs> of course I want to be at that level, man. But also as well, I've learnt that celebrities are just people. They're just people. They're not. Yeah, that's why I don't get crazy over celebrities. I never have. The only person I definitely really like, you know, got Gaga when I was young was Adam Gilchrist. He's my favorite cricketer. I just loved him. I just thought he was incredible. Uh, Do you feel like you need to have a, a name like that to uh, qualify your version of what success is? Like I said, I've, I one day want to have a profile that's large enough in this country that I can speak publicly about autism consistently, do talks about it, talk about what it's like to live with it, talk about what the struggles, the tribulations. I'd love to start up my own fund foundation one day. Right. So you feel like the more that you can Build my profile. achieve personally, the louder your microphone. Correct. Be. Correct. But also- And so why are you so passionate about wanting to uh, be a, a representative for autism and, and really uh, help others who have gone through something similar because i think there's not there's not a voice yet of autism yet um because but there are a couple of people who are very well who've got asperger's who are very well known around the world but they've never really spoke out about it and it's because it's still a bit of a taboo conversation um there's been times man i'm gonna be honest i've had girls actually um they've actually stood me up on dates when they found out that i have asperger's syndrome no, that's not even a joke. I was at a beautiful Italian restaurant um, when I was about 23, just before uh, one of my ladies came into my life at the time. And um, she got a text from one of her friends saying, you realize that Zane has Asperger's syndrome. And that's how I found this out after what happened. I was waiting at the, imagine waiting at an Italian restaurant and you're the only tables, but it's a, one of the busy places. It was a Malfi. This is like a few years ago now. And I was just waiting there and waiting there. And I was just like, really? Am I really, is this really happening to me? And then I got a message saying, she said, I just can't do this. And this is about an hour in. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, I can't deal with what you've got. Um, <laughs> that hurts. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, and... And a lot of people would never admit it, but there's a lot of people in this state that would never, ever, ever listen or want to go out with someone with autism because they just don't have the courage or the, or the willing to understand it. Yeah. So how do you internalize that, swallow that pain and then push past that, something like that? Mm. I'm good at fronting up, mate. <laughs> I'm good at fronting up. What do you mean? Meaning that I'm very good at putting a wall up. I've learned how to put up a wall because if you don't, you're just going to get eaten alive by a lot of people. Um, what, uh, do you, what do you need to get to get past that though? Do you need someone who understands? Or yeah, of course. I have a couple of sounding boards. I my a couple. I a couple of mates who, if I ever really need some serious advice and I don't really know who to turn to, I'll bring a couple of my good mates, and they know who they are. And um, they, they've helped me a lot. 
I've never, in my whole life, I've never really had a proper friendship group though. What I mean by that is that, I don't know what you have, Callum, but I'm sure you've got a good bunch of mates. Yeah, I do. And you hang out with them quite regularly? Yeah. Yeah, I've never had that. Uh, the ones who did at school, I thought were my real friends. They used to use me as a bit of entertainment. I was in a high school bubble. So you'd still hang out with them, but they'd kind of laugh at you and make Correct. Funny and stuff, yeah. Correct. They'd always do make me do dumb shit. Mm. Um, and you would keep doing it because you better to have that than and to feel belong to feel like I belonged. Yeah. Um, but ever since high school, I've never really had a proper group of mates. I've got you mates. Must have known that though, and felt pretty horrible the whole time. I did. Yeah. Um, I've never really. <laughs> Well, there are some times, man, that I work so hard that I want to, I'll work till I'll drop dead because just not think about my lack of social life. Um, like I said, I've got mates, but they're all different. They're all spread apart. And a lot of them are too busy to, they're just busy with their own lives. And I understand that because I'm doing the same thing. So where do friends sit for you in terms of a, a priority or a factor in your life? <laughs> Uh, do you need friends? Do you still look for friends or do you shut that down? Yeah, Of course. So. Of course, man. I would love to be, um, like I said, man, I'd love to be settled down. I'd love to be with someone right now. I'd love to have a good bunch of mates. But I understand that a lot of people don't want to put the time into me. I've burnt a lot of people as well when I was younger because I was such an arrogant asshole. So where does that leave you? Just time. It's just going to take time. Um said like will one of my very good friends i've burned him a lot he's burnt we burned each other a fair bit mainly myself i've mainly burned him just i tried to i tried to be the alpha dog i tried to or when i was when i was a real arrogant person i used to try and take on everyone so that means i would try and take on maybe trying to i'd try and rip the girl that he's trying to talk to out of his hands i would do whatever i could to seem relevant and that's because you've always felt like the world is against you. Correct. And I'm sure the mix steroids as well was not good for that. <laughs> no. Um, and I'll be honest now, man, I've now because I've taken a fair bit of my time, I'm now on one mil of tests for the rest of my life. And that's the way it is. But it's very easy to control now. Very easy. You do, you just, do you regret that though now? <sighs> when I left school, I was 85 kilos. So, I don't regret. But your natural testosterone worked as well. So. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> do I regret? Do I regret it? Also, I'm 85 kilos, man. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love what I love. Uh, I've loved um, certain parts of my life. Um, I've had some amazing experiences. Don't get me wrong. My parents have taken me places that have been incredible. Um, I've been to some perm places. I've spent shitloads of money that I shouldn't have, and I've had my fun. Don't get me wrong, but every time I did, I knew I was doing the wrong thing. You seem like you've got a lot of self-awareness, though. You know, you're talking about the way that you used to treat people. You understand that you said the wrong things to people, treated people the wrong way, and that you were, in a lot of respects, a different person, and now you're aware of that. So how yeah. does that affect your relationships forward when you meet new people now? Are you going to treat them in a different way and, and see your relationship in a different way to the way you have in the past? It's um, this day and age, man, it's um, the problem is Adelaide's such a small place. Um, what I mean by that is that they still, they're very, a lot of people hold grudges here in Adelaide. 
um, whenever I talk about certain things, people are like, oh, you did this, this, and this when you were younger. And I'm like, well, I was young. I made mistakes. Um, these days, I try my best to not fall back into that type of person. Um, but I still get reminded of what I used to be like. And uh, it's not easy. I've had a couple of slip-ups at the pub where I've got, you know, I've just been so stressed and I've just turned back to the other person. But um, every time, every week, I get better at being the person I want to become. So what do you want to improve? As a person or just in generalities? Just in your whole life. Um, my goal, like I said, is to be respected and that could take a year. Where do you think that respect comes from though? Uh, being a leader, being a leader in my field, being a leader as a person, being a leader as a, as a leader for autism ambassador, a leader as a, a leader show the way to people that you can be different and still succeed. And it's got to come from treating people well, obviously. Absolutely, man. But I understand totally that, that that can be so much harder when you're not treated well straight off the bat. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, whenever someone has an opinion on me before they've met me, I do my absolute best. Be like, look, guys, look, so, look whoever you are. That might have been me in those days, but that ain't me anymore. Can you imagine your life without autism? Do you do that? <laughs> of, of course, man, every day. It's called the social cancer for a reason. It's not easy. Never has been. Never will be. And I still have doubters. Doubters. You know, some people say to me, "You're you're just never going to make it. You're never going to create the life you want." And I just say, "Let's just see what happens. Mm. Let's just see what happens." Yeah, you're defying that. You know, they say, like you said, social cancer, but you're not letting it stop you. No way. I'm not going to sit and do nothing about it how do you accept what is and make the most of it how do you go like yep okay i know this is this is what life is for me i make myself all right with that and i go and uh, i'm grateful for this and this and i make the most of what i've got oh there's a certain thing i'm definitely grateful i'm grateful i've got two amazing parents i've got an awesome brother who's doing an amazing job over in the philippines he's actually running a very large team I'm trying to teach him how to speak like Aussies over there. So he's got a huge job over there. And I love him to bits. Um, and he's half here in Adelaide, half in the Philippines. So those three people are very important. Uh, a couple of mates like Will, Manny Mission, Matt Spire, Wayne Weiss, Russell, and a couple other boys I have a lot of time for. Um, or Simon also and Chris, uh, two really good friends of mine from the pub. Um, I use them as sounding boards too. Um, but... Um, like I said, man, it's um, it's a consistent basis. Um, there are days that I don't want to get out of bed, first to a minute, but I know if I stay in the bed, I'm never going to improve as a person. Sitting in bed and watching YouTube videos and watching motivation videos can only do so much. You've got to go out and do the work yourself. How do you see your future? My future? Uh, if everything goes to plan. <sighs> okay, so goal is to make this pub fully financially by itself meaning that i have to be there all the time uh that the next goal i would like to start a nightclub here in adelaide and i'd like to have a beachfront or something beachfront 
as well, um, business. What about outside of the external? What about relationships-wise? Oh, relationships-wise, of course, I want to have a family one day, you know, and be a dad, um, have a loving wife that uh, respects um, me as a person, my work ethic, and someone that's going to help me be a better person and be a better man. What about intrinsically? What sort of man do you want to be? What I want to be, someone that people look up to and say, I want to be like that person, even though he's had trials and tribulations his entire life, which I have. I've got no one, nothing against anyone anymore, but the amount of times I've bullied, man, it's very difficult to build, to break me now. But you're being the bigger man. 100%. What gives you hope? What gives me hope? That there are still that I'm there are still good people in this world, um, that uh, that life has its trials and tribulations, and if you keep pushing yourself, and you might fail for ten years, for five years, for five months, for hours, days, that one day if you keep pushing yourself, you will succeed in whatever you decide to choose. That's it, bro. I just wanted to acknowledge you. Uh, before we finish up, just the fact that you've lived life with this disorder, you've been through, you know, all these years of terrible bullying, you've had so much against you, and then you've perhaps taken some actions that you now regret, but you've had the awareness to be able to evaluate that and realize that that's not who you want to be, be the bigger man in the face of people who aren't helping you to get where you want to go. Um, Running a business that comes with all the the struggles and difficulties that, that comes with, but absolutely, it's worth it because you want to get to where you want to get to, and inside all of the external that you want to achieve, it sounds like a major part of what you want your life to be is is becoming the kind of man that can be respected because they're going to treat other people well and be someone that people want to look up to, and then also especially for other people with autism. So I would just encourage you to. Make sure you get to the point where you can speak about it and you can be a voice for um, this condition because there's hundreds of thousands of people out there who need someone to step up and, and be that kind of person. And I think that's the biggest gift you can give to the world. So I would just say uh, respect, brother, and um, looking forward to seeing you get to wherever you need to get to. I really appreciate that, man. You know, and one person I definitely want to um, not live up to, but get respect from one day is my old man. He's extremely hard to get respect from. So that's a goal of mine, and that's going to take time. So uh, I really appreciate you bringing me on. Um, if anyone has any questions, I'm happy to answer them. Um, Facebook, Instagram, Zane Schmidt's my full name, and um, I'm happy to answer any questions. And if anyone wants to know anything, they're more than welcome to contact me. If you got something out of this episode, please leave a comment and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us grow the show so we can keep bringing you the content that matters. If you want to stay up to date with what we're doing and get involved, get onto the Youngblood Podcast Community Facebook group and follow Youngblood Podcast on Instagram. And if you're keen to get in touch with me, email youngbloodpodcast, all one word, at hotmail.com. This podcast was produced by the talented Rory Noak at Podbooth. You can check them out at podbooth.com.au. This is Young Blood. Thanks for joining us. Catch you next time.